Welcome back to the docket. It's the podcast slash audio arm of bestevidence.fyi. I'm your co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. I'm here with Eve Beatty. Hello, Eve. Hello, Sarah. So uh, as you're listening to this, I've just celebrated my uh, 10th wedding anniversary and uh, on my very first date with Dan, um, I really feel like this got off to the start that it did because uh, because he said that he'd been on an Unsolved Mysteries episode and I peppered him with questions about it. And uh, he was like, I don't appreciate you're making fun of me. And I said, sadly, I'm not. So did you get to meet Robert Stack or didn't you? And uh, 10 years and one day of wedded bliss later, here we are. Um, But that's enjoyable and uh, enjoyable TV that had a point in its time. We're not talking about that today. Eve, could you brief the listeners on what's new in the live PD-verse? The the live PD cinematic universe. Oh, God. So there are are two things. And one thing, um, one... aspect of this is something that readers of Best Evidence are probably already aware of because uh, it was in an issue um, that we sent last week. But um, a A&E is definitely going to get to sue Dan Abrams and Reels over um, Live PD. So if, as you might recall, Live PD is a show that was one of A&E's most popular shows of all, I mean, and that means it's like beating all the 600 pound lives and all mm-hmm. the uh, not after lockdowns are the other ones, the days ends. Now I feel bad about that kind of crappy hotel chain. So this is like the days in you know jail and all their <laughs> other stuff. So Live PD was this ratings juggernaut for them, but um, in sort of the rising tide of social justice awareness in 2020, the network, to its credit, canceled it. Dan Abrams, uh, who I think we all sort of got to know is a reliable sort of legal analyst and pundit on like regular TV, but who seems to have gotten more gross and righty in um, the years following, uh, I guess was pissed off about it, did lots of tweets about how it's bad and it actually like questions policing. This is a lie. It doesn't. No. And um, it eventually... It creates dangerous situations and yeah. a number of counties have sued the production for putting their deputies in harm's way, not to mention um, alleged perpetrators and suspects. Anyway, continue. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, it's copaganda. Um And uh, so he uh, trotted over to with with these two production companies, trotted over to Reels, R-E-E-L-Z, which fine. Drink some Mountain Dew, call yourself Reels. I don't care. Um, And they uh, late last fall um, launched a show called On Patrol Live. Now, this is only after. They initially said that they were going to call the show PD Live, and Abrams did all these tweets like, Live PD is back, thank goodness! And Reels, like I said, like in a press release, that, you know, A&E's number one TV show is now ours, and all this, and all new episodes. So A&E, because they own Live PD, uh, filed suit, and uh, Reels was like, no, you can't sue us. You don't own the concept of live video and flashing lights and 
cops sitting there talking about how being a cop is awesome. And sure, like, I think that it's fair to say that, you know, nobody owns, like, that is a concept. Um, and that there's an argument to be made that you can't put a copyright on using video. Um, but uh, Abrams tweeting what he did and uh, Reels press releasing what they did, I think certainly gives grounds for this lawsuit to move forward, which is what a federal judge agreed to um, earlier this month. And uh, so I think that this is going to be a complicated and lengthy battle that will probably end in a settlement, but um, you do kind of love to see it. Yeah, you really do. Um, I have to say that Reels, I mean, Reels is just like, you know, barnacle shit. Um, the autopsy of dot, dot, dot franchise, their um, sort of reassembly or recycled footage takes on major cases. They have like a, multiple Manson programs. I haven't watched most of this stuff. I have watched a couple of the autopsy ones and then I just couldn't live with myself anymore. But I'm interested to see how married this network is to the Abrams brand and how badly it is perceived to need it. Um, because what they're not doing in my recent experience is um, having anyone proofread PR emails before they go out. So um, it's going to be interesting to see whose priorities are where in terms of this and whether like how heavily they were relying on Abrams to class them up and to like have that rising tide of relative class lift their boats of like the Manson diaries, like, ugh, gross. So I guess yeah. we'll see. Um, I will say that if anyone knows where I can acquire and watch over and over again, that one segment of live PD was from the before time. It was over like the Thanksgiving long weekend they went to someone's trailer. They're trying to like extract a drunk guy and bring him to the hospital. And there is literally a turkey walking around in the foreground of the shot, looking completely offended. And then it kept photobombing like wherever on the property they were, this turkey would just be like, excuse me, uh, excuse me. Like just being a total turkey Karen and it was awesome yeah. we could not stop laughing at it they could not make this turkey fuck off I've never been able to find this footage and uh, if you know where I can find it 91975crime <laughs> there is have a have you tried just like tweeting at Dan Abrams I mean it seems like he's on Twitter like all the time yeah it's true he, maybe I he feel like maybe you. he blocked me which fair <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he. I think he definitely blocked the bookstore, which has 152 followers, because I was like, why doesn't Dan Abrams sell? Hmm. Oh, poor. See, this I, is what I mean. Now you, that This is how we know that he is actually managing his own Twitter persona, because social media managers, they don't block anybody. They're like, no. No, all they don't. tweets are good tweets. Yeah, no such thing as bad replies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but the attempts to... Um, clone live PD continue just as well, Sticks Larson okay so Sergeant Sticks Larson Sean wait Sergeant Sean Sticks why do we still have to call him Sergeant he's retired can't we just call him Sticks well we don't have to call him we can call him whenever we want yeah. we're not legally required to refer to people by their titles correct um, 
but that we're still using, you know, it should be former sergeant is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so Larson, who I think of primarily as a guy who briefly dated Lana Del Rey. Um, oh, my God. True. I always forget about that. Do you remember that. this? I don't know what I was working on. I was like, I think this is when I was at Inside.com and I was like covering something. And anyway, Speaking I ended up crimes. having to write about that. Was she 18? <laughs> I'm not joking. She must have been. I hope she was. I think she was in her early 20s. Okay. Um, and I do think, Still, speaking of someone, ew. myself, I myself am per, like prematurely gray. Larson is not as old as you think from, I'm pulling up how old he is right now. Okay, he retired in 2021. Okay. This, I'm hopeful that this video will not autoplay. <laughs> um. So okay, so he was a cop when he was on Life PD. I want to um, okay. I, I want to correct myself there. So he and he was on the police force for twenty four and a half years and started when he was twenty three. So he's like not that much older than us, which we are we are too old to date Lana Del Rey, but yeah. um, and too married. But anyway, this <laughs> meaningless tangent. The point is that on Fox Nation, which is the uh, streaming. Fox sort of auxiliary to Fox News. This isn't like 21st Century Fox. They're like, oh, it's fun. The Simpsons Channel. This is the other one, like the network that, you know, Diamond and Pearl were on until even they grew to uh, dire for them. This is also like, this is also like the sort of the broadcast, you know, the Murdoch-owned broadcast arm that uh, revived cops in 2021. Mm-hmm. So they and were... And will soon be hosting, I will bet money, an RFK Jr. talk show when it finally becomes clear that a presidential run is not viable. So look for that in, I'm going to say, March of 2024. I couldn't get through the most recent... Um, it was excellent story in Vanity Fair, but I, at a certain point, I thought I hate everyone, so I couldn't get through what was going on with the Murdoch family and who was going to take over and who was going to win and turn things which way. So I don't actually know how things are going to end when Rupert dies, which I am told if everyone eventually does, even you know members of the creepy Blade Two vampire family. Mm, so yeah. so who knows? I'm, I think that. I, I am concerned that your prediction is correct, but I don't want it to be, so I'm going to try to pass over. The point is that, so Fox brought cops back, cops which we know is problematic for all the reasons that, you know, all these shows are. And uh, according to Jason Klarman, the president of Fox Nation, he said that after cops was revived, quote, we saw how engaged our subscribers are in the real of true crime. And, uh... So obviously the cops revival is going well for them. And that's one of the reasons that um, they are doing this show called Crime Cam 24-7, which is actually substantially different from Live PD in all the respects that mean that they won't get sued. It's... True, right. It's true crime events. It's crime on surveillance cameras. So I think that this is probably going to be closer to like what our darker fears were about Ring Nation, oh, which yeah. ends up just sort of being, you know, a goofy Wanda Sykes thing. But um, so this is surveillance footage. This is, um, you know, ring doorbells. This is, you know, other stuff like that. It's not like body cameras. So it is right. arguably slightly less, uh, you know, 
propaganda-y than body camera footage or camera crews uh, running along with, you know, with the police as we see on cops. But it also seems like um, there's the potential for a lot more sort of uh, misinformation and misunderstanding and uh, editing to make things seem more shocking. Well, and what is Styx's role here? Is he the he, um, he's the sheriff? Host. Is he the sheriff John Bonnell of Crime Cam? That he's just like narrating or providing context? Well, okay. Like, what does they host? Because host does a lot of work in the true crime genre. I'm just wondering exactly what kind of host he is supposed to be. Also, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to read you the line from the press release to answer that first question. All right. The series will see Larkin guide viewers through various video clips from surveillance cameras that captured actual crimes in progress, as well as the aftermath of those crimes. So I don't think he'll quite be like America's Funniest Home Videoing it, but he'll probably be sort of providing, you know, the elliptical stuff between, you know, the ring footage and the uh, gas station surveillance camera or whatever. Okay. What's your second question? Um, my second question was not a question. I'm just going oh. to provide some context um, of my own for who Jason Klarman is. Jason Klarman was the head of marketing at Bravo <gasps> when televisionwithoutpity.com was purchased by Bravo. So... Well, I'm dying we to ask you sat in a about lot that, but I know we don't talk about that time. <laughs> sat in a lot of meetings with uh, the Clarm. That Clarman went to Fox Nation, but then has stayed there for a while. He has been there for a while. And he's just well, a weird... I actually, I, I want to point out that he has not updated his LinkedIn, um, which that is not a criticism of him. I have also not updated my LinkedIn. So um, the last uh, job experience he has on his is the GM of Oxygen. So mm -hmm. he arguably has true crime creds. Yeah. And being president of Fox Nation, that is not a job that I would take. But I also know that people need jobs. So since I didn't have to work with him, I feel like I can afford to be a little bit more benevolent than you. But I mean, yeah. Uh, he was just a weird. He was just a weird guy. I mean, that whole yeah. that whole situation was weird for reasons um, and other people that weren't really Clarman's problem. It was just you know, like after a few months, we looked around and we're like, oh, we were acquired specifically by the marketing department. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Changing the well, subject completely. <laughs> Actually, no. Oh, I wait, can do this. I, I, I have we, a segue. We we should make the point, though, that the first episode of the show is going to air this coming Friday, July the 7th. Okay. Um, well, air. It's not going to air. It's going to stream on Fox Nation. But I want to point this. Well, so it's called Shootout, which right away I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the episode's called Shootout. It's, um, it's going to air this coming Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern time because... Fox Nation can't even be normal about streaming. They can't just drop it at midnight. It has they're going to wait till 6 p.m. Eastern time to allow this show to appear. So, um why I don't have Fox Nation. It's 6 bucks a month, which is more than I think like subscriptions to good networks are. And um but if you're a member of law enforcement, a first responder, a paramedic or active duty or an active duty military service member, you get 12 months of Fox Nation for free. Um, so, 
because uh, second you know, prize like, is twenty four months. It's not like they want to radicalize all y'all. Yeah. So anyway, um, if you somehow can weasel something in in some way and let us know what the show is like, that's cool. Um, but I don't <laughs> think that we are going to. Sarah, neither Sarah nor I are going to um, get a free trial of Fox Nation and have our names associated with that. I don't think. No, I just don't. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be anything that we don't expect that it's going to be. And I don't like I can find some free way to watch that sort of thing. Yeah. But speaking of streaming services and one I do pay for and my segue was going to be Jason Klarman might be a weird dude, but he's not the Zodiac. I assume he's not the Zodiac. Seems a little young to be the Zodiac. He does seem a little young. Um, I he doesn't seem to have the proper haircut or glasses, mm, which nope. I once again have both. Nope. Um, and the reason that this comes up is because there is a two-part true crime docu-series uh, dropping on Peacock next week um, on July 11th, and it's called Myth of the Zodiac Killer. And this one is different. Ha! It's not really. Yes, it kind of is, though, because it's saying that uh, maybe the Zodiac wasn't the Zodiac and it was a bunch of different guys and it was sort of loosely associated, which honestly is a theory that I think you and I have discussed at various iterations of this podcast over the years and mm -hmm. is not the worst idea. I mean, uh, he never have you existed. Have you read this Horan book? The Myth of the Zodiac Killer, colon, a literary investigation by Thomas Henry Horan. Uh, Why do you I put your not. name in your book title? Yeah, I've not read that. Um, I've never even seen that. I'm trying to do a quick bit of research while we're talking about... While we're talking about this on the production team behind this docuseries, um, because sometimes you look them up and you're like, oh, they did that thing that only I watched and I would actually give that a chance. Um, I mean, right. it made it because the thing is, like, if this were Amazon, where I mean, it does sort of seem sometimes like anybody can put something on Prime like it. It's just like a a marketplace of you know like you basically just like throw it up there um yeah. but this is peacock okay i'm gonna note though that the book uh the myth of the zodiac killer a literary investigation by thomas henry horn it was published in um beginning of 2020 and and it's, it's a self-published book gotcha among the names on the producer team is andrew knock n-o-c-k mm-hmm um, and he has credits on his IMDb resume that include corrupt crimes, motive to murder, haunted live, um, ghost asylum in search of aliens, triggers, colon, weapons that change the world, the man with the 200 pound tumor. Hey, um, okay. That one, I did feel kind of excited about that one. <laughs> Uh, Tales of the Gun, Haunted History. I believe he's a Magical Elves guy. So at least this okay. will be, in terms of like the physical assembly and the structure, um, it should be competent. Um, but I still Is don't Magical think... Elves, are they, they the OG Project Runway production yes. company? Is that right? Okay. Correct. So they, okay, got it. But I don't, I still don't find this compelling because this is one of those like the zodiac case is one of those that once you've read that one thing 
that kind of turns your thinking on it. You're absolutely uninterested in reading anything beyond that. And I'm talking specifically about Jarrett Kobeck's Motor Spirit, which is not a perfect document, but I was just like blown away by it and by the way that he thought about Mm -hmm. these cases and these murders and the way they were investigated. And he tied them in this very broad um, Zodiac made in America way into the California of the mid to late sixties and um, just came at it from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. So yet another like, here's some B-roll of whatever San Francisco NBC affiliate anchor droning on about how there's another killing or here's the cipher. Can anyone solve it? Like, I don't need to hear John Chancellor fucking talking about this anymore. I just don't. Footage of a smoke-filled San Francisco Chronicle uh, mm-hmm. newsroom, all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also, I I love Zodiac. I love the Fincher Zodiac. But it's like... This is at a um, D.B. Cooper escape from Alcatraz. It's in that posture where it's like uh, saying that you have new evidence or a new theory and then being like, well, this is what could have happened. And we found a retired FBI agent to tell us that it's not completely impossible is not the same as evidence. Please, please stop doing that to me. I'm not answering the doorbell to this anymore. So I'm, I'm not going th- to check that out, although I do subscribe. Do you have any interest in it? Um, well, only because as we were talking, I started thinking, I wonder if I could pitch this somewhere. So um, <laughs> I might Uh-oh. for purposes of my freelance career. So by the time uh, uh, listeners are listening to this episode, because we're doing this um Uh, we're doing this a week in advance i might have actually watched this and read the book and have actual thoughts um but like besides like you know my interest in filthy lucre and having my byline in every publication imaginable i i mean i think that it's an interesting idea to try to essentially prove a negative that Mm -hmm. the zodiac wasn't one guy and here's why like i think it's an interesting challenge and i think it might be fun to see how they did it but it is likely that i'm only going to enjoy that fun if i know i'm also going to be uh, you know getting paid for it by various publications so yeah we'll see yeah i mean and sometimes those things that i'm like i don't want to watch this but i'm you know i had a column about true crime on tv and it was like oh well this is actually pretty good or like it wasn't great but it was thought-provoking I actually mm-hmm. wrote a whole column about reels, sort of, that I was like, I respect the hustle, I guess, on a question yeah. mark. Here's what I think could be interesting with stories like this, and actually with Peacock, which has demonstrated an ability to find, like, to do it better. Like the mm-hmm. Gacy series from a couple of three years ago that I was like, yeah. okay, killer clown. I got it. But that was super informative and well done and not crack potty or like tawdry. Uh, I think that if they look at a case like this, not from proving a negative, but like invert the sentence and look at a, a bunch of cases like the Zodiac, where there is certain quote forensic evidence that is taken as read and has been by like three generations of people interested in the case and be like, these are things that we now know don't work or are not reliable. Like 
handwriting analysis, blood spatter, like that kind of series from Peacock, I think would be super interesting. And if you came at a major case like this, even if it's only just this one case that you're like, here's all the things that case heads, for lack of a better term, think they quote, know to be true. Mm -hmm. And here's why this is not science. This is just shit people tell each other to bring chaos out of order or to bring order out of, <laughs> to bring chaos sure. out of order. That's my job. To bring order out of chaos in a confusing and, you know, dangerous world. Like, oh, okay. That's like, what really was the, ev- the crime scene evidence for the Sherry Joe Bates murder? Why do we put that in the series or not? Take it from that angle. Otherwise, eh, uh, like have a, have a through line. Because like you said, proving a negative is too hard to do like on TV. In a book, it's one thing. But in, like well, an AV, it's like, oh, here's this one like yeah. identikit drawing again. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I'm so tired of that drawing. You know, what I would like to see, you know, sort of building on what you said is um, the Samuel Little case. You know, Samuel Little is one of those people where it's easy to write clickbait because you say he was the nation's most you know, prolific mm-hmm. serial killer. And who he is is someone who was incarcerated and had some conversations with a law enforcement officer, later a retired person, and ended up confessing to all of these other cases, supposedly. Now, there have been some good long reads that we've certainly linked to in Best Evidence about how, you know, it's unlikely that a lot of these cases he has uh, confessed to, I'm doing huge air quotes here, um, are actually cases that he confessed to. But in a lot of cases, these local um, law enforcement agencies in it, some points even the federal agency are still marking them as cleared because of this. This happens a lot of times. Once you have somebody in jail, you try to pin everything on them so you can sort of just like clear your desk before you get off work. This right. is a job. I get it. But like and little Henry, guys a, like Henry Lee Lucas. Bingo. Yeah. Are like, oh, okay, well, this will continue to buy me some more time and privileges more to the point. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Little such a good example of that, I think, too, because it's just like, you know, it seems like. He's trying to, like, get a count at this point, too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I'm probably ascribing him with more guile than he has. I do not think that he... Um, I think he's cognitively impaired at this point. I'm trying to be so PC about somebody who did legit kill a bunch of people. Uh, I'm a woke San Franciscan. Sorry, everybody. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, I would like it if some... I would happily watch a Joe Berlinger show, and you know how I feel about Joe, mm-hmm. where he... And his team tackled a lot of the claims about uh, cases cleared by Little and basically unresolved them in sort of uh, the way that you are proposing with the, you know, with these sort of other ideas with forensics. Yeah. But we're not going to get that with Myth of the Zodiac Killer. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think what we need to do is um, find a scratch-off ticket, win with it, and Mm -hmm. send the money to Sarah at you're wrong about so that she can just (laughs) redo the entire like true crime American songbook basically. Um, I'm with it. I would listen uh, as readers slash paid subscribers know. I thought extremely well of her episode on Henry Lee Lucas and why we choose to believe 
the myth of the prolific and um, indefatigable, basically, serial killer when that's almost never the case. And, you know, we know why. It's because thinking about um, cop mediocrity is um, too depressing sometimes. So anyway. Yeah. um, So a bunch of TV to skip. You're welcome. Unless you can successfully pitch it and then don't. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, Well, I look forward to you watching these things for money and on my behalf. Yay. Everybody wins. Next time on the docket, we are talking about fabulism in true crime and whether fabulism itself is a true crime. Everyone from Ashley Flowers to Truman Capote to Michael Finkel uh, to Jason Blair and his memoir will be discussed as we talk about the ethics of making shit up and whether sometimes fudging the facts gets you to an essential truth and whether that's okay. Once again, you can reach us at 919-75-CRIME with comments or questions. We'd love to hear you uh, from you in the comment section of this piece and editorial at bestevidence.fyi for private tips. Talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>